Good morning. This is Christine DiGiacomo, and today we're looking at 2 Thessalonians 2, verses 1 through 12. I've entitled this, Is Obama the Antichrist? Mostly to get attention, and that it has. Well, here we are back to talking about the coming of the Lord. A little more on the topic Paul had discussed in 1 Thessalonians chapters 4 and 5. If you'd like to reread the associated briefings on those, you can go to pastorwoman.com, click on Morning Briefings, and take a look at A Hope Like No Other and Can You Tell Me the Date. But first, before we look at the passage, let's pray. Dear Lord, would you please help us understand the following passage and what you would have us to take from it today. Give us discerning minds to recognize false teaching around us and why it is so deleterious. Help us know and crave the truth of your word so that we will recognize counterfeit thinking when we encounter it. Amen. And now Paul's words. As to the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our being gathered together to him, we beg you, brothers and sisters, not to be quickly shaken in mind or alarmed, either by spirit or by word or by letter, as though from us, to the effect that the day of the Lord is already here. Let no one deceive you in any way, for that day will not come unless the rebellion comes first and the lawless one is revealed, the one destined for destruction. He opposes and exalts himself above every so-called God or object of worship, so that he takes his seat in the temple of God, declaring himself to be God. Do you not remember that I told you these things when I was still with you? And you know what is now restraining him, so that he may be revealed when his time comes. For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work, but only until the one who now restrains it is removed. And then the lawless one will be revealed, whom the Lord Jesus will destroy with the breath of his mouth, annihilating him by the manifestation of his coming. The coming of the lawless one is apparent in the working of Satan, who uses all power, signs, lying wonders, and every kind of wicked deception for those who are perishing, because they refuse to love the truth and to be saved. For this reason, God sends them a powerful delusion, leading them to believe what is false, so that all who have not believed the truth but took pleasure in unrighteousness will be condemned. Well, there was a, clearly a mistaken impression by some of the Thessalonians that the day of the Lord had already arrived that the intense persecution they were enduring was actually the tribulation. But Paul assures them that neither of those is the case. Neither the day of the Lord or the tribulation had come. Before that day, active rebellion against God will intensify, Paul lets them know. During the greatest rebellion, there will be a man who comes onto the scene who gains incredible power and will be the personification of evil, including drawing his strength from Satan. Throughout history, men have come along who have epitomized evil to such an extent that folks were convinced that he, that that one, was the Antichrist. The list is a very long one, and it includes various popes, for it goes back thousands of years. Martin Luther King, Napoleon Bonaparte, King George II of England, Anwar Sadat, Henry Kissinger. I can remember my mom standing in the kitchen talking about Henry Kissinger and that maybe he was the Antichrist, Jimmy Carter, Mussolini, Stalin, etc. While there have been many who were indeed anti-Christ, that is, against Christ, that one has not been revealed. 
And honestly, while there are those who speculate on his identity, spending much time on the matter is folly. The Antichrist will conduct himself as though he is above the law, or at least outside of it, and set himself against Jesus Christ and his followers. In the end, he will meet his doom, and those who have aligned themselves with him, rather than choosing to believe the truth of the gospel, the truth of Jesus Christ, they too will be condemned. A little broader perspective on this I read by a fellow named I. Howard Marshall, and I liked it. Take a listen. We do not have to wait until the point when we can, as it were, identify the arrival of the final, final climax of evil in order to see the outworking of the divine process of judgment. It is true at all times that sin consists in delighting in what is wrong. It follows that the primary significance of the above passage is not that we should be trying to calculate whether or not the end is near, but that we should be concerned about the moral and spiritual issues which are involved. All of us know somebody who's obsessed with the end of the age. It is an interesting discussion. For others, it's a hobby. And for still others, it's a point about which to argue and even obsess. For me, it's enough to know that the day of my Lord's appearing seems to be hastening. What difference does that make to me? I want to make time count. So how then shall we live? As those who know their real home is awaiting them on the other side. How shall we then live as spiritually disciplined individuals who choose to live in joy, knowing and living out our purpose? Oh, and my question, do I think Obama is the Antichrist? I don't know yet. Ask me in about 50 years. In the meantime, choose to live this day. Choose to make it a good one. Choose joy. If you'd like to see this manuscript in its entirety, you can go to pastorwoman.com.